real. In Sunday school this morning, I think Sister Cheryl said that, you know, in response to some things as it relates to being a mature Christian, but I've been in the church for 20 years. I've been in the church for 20 years. Yeah, a lot of us has been in the church for 20, 30, 40, and more years. But God's people are struggling for the truth that they're not being delivered. And so the word that God began to speak to me is just about, and I'll just read to you exactly what I wrote because he said, I have sent my son that you would be made free. Free from the law that you could not keep. Free from sin that is in your human nature and from death, which is the inevitable price of sin. I have sent my son to make you free. And in the song, Jesus paid it all. He paid it all. He's taken me to the book of Romans and you know, we've, in other books, we've been studying about Paul because he wrote many letters to the churches. And we know that Paul was a scholar, that he was a learned man, that he had an experience by the power of God on, the, on his road, on the road to Damascus. He was on a journey, and God gave him an experience as he was Saul at the time, a great persecutor of the church, and those who followed, as the word would put it, in the way. And God gave him a great experience of conversion in that moment that changed the trajectory of his life. And he became one of the great, not disciples, but apostles, leading and speaking and teaching the church, deciphering, dissecting, explaining, and expounding on the gospel of Christ and of the gospel itself to the churches. Now, sometimes it was a harsh word. Sometimes he brought words of correction. Sometimes it, it was a more easy word. And because this letter that he is writing to the Romans, he did not necessarily know the Romans in that way, have an intimate, close relationship with them. So in many places, the word that he delivers to the Romans, the Jews and the, and the Gentiles in Rome is, is more of a softer nature. So he takes a different type of approach, but yet delivers what it is that God is calling him to deliver in this letter. He addresses this universal problem, and we've been speaking about it all morning. And even on yesterday, and in previous messages that have been delivered, Pastor John has been talking to us about this, but addressing the universal problem of sin. And the letter that he is writing is not to the unbeliever, but addressing this pressing issue of sin and how we overcome the continuous effects and falling into and yielding to 
yielding our members to this sinful flesh, this nature that we have in us. So in the book of Romans, and we're going to be looking at um, the bottom of chapter 7 and into the beginning of chapter 8, but this universal problem of sin, its consequences, and also looking at God's plan for reconciliation, how he has reconciled the law that we could not keep and sin that we that continuously is dabbled with and engaged with its effect on us, the church, and the world all around us. Not just necessarily delivering and talking about a, the God's a simple plan for salvation, but addressing the power of righteousness. The power of righteousness and revealing how it changes everything. Thank you, Lord. How there are spiritual, practical strategies for overcoming this ongoing problem of sin. The sinful nature, our flesh. God has called us to be free, to be free from slavery, to be free from sin, and the penalty that it all brings. So what we focus on, what our minds are focused on, has a direct consequence for how we live our lives. For how we live our lives. So turn with me to Romans chapter 7 and verse 22, I think is where I'm going to be starting here. Thank you, Lord. Give me just a moment. I know you're already there. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You're so good to us, Father. So good to us. So in verse 22, it says, for, for I delight. Well, he's been talking about this same situation that, um, that I've just kind of disclosed to you in dealing with this nature of sin. But he says, for I delight in the law of God according to the inward man. He said, but I see another law in my members, warring against the law of my mind. Jesus. And we know that the battle will initially come to us in the mind because that is where our thoughts, our thought processes, and how we make our decisions in the natural, where they come to us is in the mind. So, he said, but I see another law in my members warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And in Sunday school this morning, Sister Cheryl talked about mortifying 
I thought it was interesting that that word was being used and we were able to dig into and break down mortifying the flesh. Mortifying the flesh is letting the flesh die, killing the flesh, disciplining the flesh, amen? Stabbing it, if you will, in the heart with every piece of obedience to the word and the spirit of God, amen? I thought it was beautiful how we were able to bring that down and really plug that in. He said, who will deliver me from this body of death? He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So when the mind, I myself serve the Lord, with the mind, I myself serve the law of God. But with the flesh, the law of sin. Amen? So we must allow ourselves to be led by the Spirit. The Lord spoke to us in the circle today of how we are created uh, as a willful beings. He gave us the gift of making choices. He gave us the gift of making choices. And we must, we must choose to be transformed. We must choose to live in and walk in the spirit that is the only way that we are able to mortify this body the only way that we are able to allow ourselves to be released from that captivity that our our bodies our fleshly natures tend to try to go back to Amen, when we are undisciplined in that area. Amen. So let's go to uh, Romans chapter 8, continuing. It says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Now the verse goes on to say that those who are in Christ Jesus who do not walk according to the flesh but according to the spirit. But the interesting thing that I also saw here was that in the original text that that part is not even there, that this was added. So when it says that there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, it supposes and assumes that we know that we need to not walk after the flesh. Understand? My God, that we should already know that we should be living according to the spirit. But was thought in the translation of this text that we needed that additional piece of information so that there could be no misunderstanding, no question. And you know how we do? Well, it doesn't exactly say, you know, we do that. (laughs) But no, it says, do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free, free from the law of sin and death. All right? And this law in Romans 6:18, and having been set free from sin, you became slaves of righteousness. So we are no longer slaves to sin. 
We're no longer on that road, on that journey that sin would take us, which inevitably would end in death. We are not on that road. The law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, because in the law, there, there were acts that were required to be made righteous. There were things that needed to be done. There were uh, rituals that needed to be kept in order to be made righteous, to be forgiven, okay? For your sins to be washed clean, even to the point where they would set loose a goat that they called the scapegoat that would supposedly run away and take away your sin. But Jesus is the scapegoat. Jesus is the scapegoat. In the clarity that I think is so beautiful that God is giving us is that we, there are no rituals. In Sunday school, we were talking about religion and the acts of religion and the things that are uh, even today are being done, being kept to, so that people have an understanding that this is what I have to do in order to reach this level or in order to have this title. And then that's supposed to do something for us. <laughs> for us. Okay? Not for God. Glory, hallelujah. But I thank God for the deep understanding that there is absolutely nothing that we can do. I don't, it doesn't matter what title you carry. We are all to be held accountable to walking and living by the Spirit and to kill this flesh. Because if you have that title and you're not living that way, then you are in error, my friend, and it does not matter that you are the pastor or the bishop or the deacon, or whatever they want to call you. It doesn't matter. We are all children of God, held accountable to the same word, to the same gospel, the same blood saved us all. Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. He says, continuing in verse 3, he condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. Lord God, thank you, Lord God, for that which God sent the son to do. The, it used a word in the definition uh, to, uh, to annul what was done, what was uh, what the law stood for, the blood that Jesus shed annulled, meaning, and we've heard this in the natural sense, that when people are married and decide they don't want to be married, that they can go to the court and have that marriage annulled, as if it had not ever happened. The word says that the law was unprofitable, unprofitable to the salvation that Christ brought for us. Okay? 
unprofitable. Yes, ma'am. And that the law was hinged on what we could not do. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now, he then began to tell me that after we have come to such a great understanding of this truth, of there not being anything that we can do, that he paid the perfect price, then don't allow yourself to be bound again. Don't allow yourself to be held captive by your fear to live in the freedom that I have perfectly paid the price for. He said, perfectly paid the price for. Again, reiterating that there is absolutely nothing that we can do to alter the perfection of the gift that was given to us. Jesus. Let's go to uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse 1. And the word entangled is, has, carries the meaning to cause to be twisted with or caught in. So don't allow ourselves to be caught up in that stuff anymore. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. So Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to take a look at verse 1 quickly just to allow the Lord to reference what he is saying here. He says, stand fast, therefore, in the liberty by which Christ has made us free, and do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. And I'm not just make reference to this that um, Philippians 4.1 says, Therefore, my beloved and longed for brethren, my crown and joy. I think we looked at this yesterday. So stand fast in the Lord, beloved. The, the, another text for this same verse, Galatians 5.1 says, For freedom Christ has made us free. Semicolon, stand fast, therefore. For freedom, Christ has made us free. Freedom to do what? Freedom to live, freedom to love, freedom to serve him. Freedom not to do what we want to do, but freedom to do what he has called us to do. As we yield to living our lives in the spirit, walking by the spirit, Stand fast in that. Stand fast in that. The word says to flee. And in Sunday school, this was brought up again. I said, Lord, you're so awesome. He said to flee, Pastor John said, that means run. Run from sin. When as we are fleeing sin, we're not leaving ourselves open and available to Whatever, but we are making ourselves available to God. We are pursuing him, pursuing all that he has called us to, 
pursuing his word, pursuing him in prayer, pursuing him in obedience to what he has called us to do. And as we do that, we mortify, we kill, we discipline this flesh. And we have less of an appetite to engage in sinful acts and that in allowing our human nature, that sinful flesh, to have its way. So not just to run, but to pursue God. Flee sin, pursue God. Amen? Hallelujah. He said that he talked about that yoke, and we always, I always see a natural picture of a yoke on the, the neck of two oxen. And that yoke is a bar, a wooden bar, that, that connects the two oxen together. So they are connected together and cannot be separated, and it allows them to be controlled by what they are yoked to. So the word says for us not to allow ourselves to be yoked by bondage. And that is why, that is why, thank you, Lord. That is why the people of God are struggling, struggling for the truth because of that yoke of bondage that they have allowed themselves to be connected to. I thank God for the truth of the word in this place. I thank God for this time and this, this journey that he has us all on for truth. That we have been so fortunate, for lack of a better word, fortunate to receive the truth over this pulpit in this church. What God is doing, we've allowed ourselves to be open to the move that God is doing here because he is transforming our hearts. He is transforming our minds. He is transforming our spirits. He is giving us the courage and the confidence to continuously obey him and pursue him. That is how we rid ourselves of the struggle. We have to open ourselves and allow ourselves to be open to the truth of God and be willing to study the word. It doesn't come without studying the word because the one who says, well, I've been going to church for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, has not been studying the word because you would have some level of a deeper truth as a Brother Curtis said today, God has taken us deeper. You would have some level of a deeper truth if you've really been studying your word and allowing the spirit of God to deal with you in truth. God, help us. Help us today, Lord. I thank God for his grace and his mercy. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. It's only from that place of liberty and freedom that we are able to live out the fullness of our purpose, the purpose that God has for us. 
And why would we not want that? <laughs> we say, I'm free. <laughs> Just as bound, you know. I'm free. And yes, God desires that for us. He has sent a son to provide that for us. And why would we not walk in that freedom? I don't mean the freedom that we think we have, but the freedom that the word says we have. The liberty that the word says we have that has no connection to the bondage of the world, even in the church. No connection that we are liberated and able to speak Freely, what thus says the word of God. To love our brothers and our sisters and to love even the unlovely. To serve, not because we're being required to serve, but because God has called us to service. By way of the spirit and what it is he has called us to do. Because he has a plan, a perfected plan. That he is, that is going to continue with or without us. So are we going to stay on the journey? Are we going to stay on the journey? Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So that we're able to live it out in the fullness of the purpose that he has for us. In order to walk this journey out, we recognize that we must be free. Free, not just from sin, but free from us. Free from us. Because we have these guidelines and this way and this plan and the uh, things that we have devised for ourselves and where we need to be, where we're going, what our goals are, and have not allowed the room for God to mold and shape, transform, and even change those plans entirely. It's good to have a plan, but subject that plan unto the Lord that he might establish that. You could have been off. And in his establishing of the plan, he's going to change that slightly or maybe entirely, but it will all be according to his will. And it is that that we want. As we live in liberty and as we live in freedom, it is that plan, God's plan, that we want to live after. So we want to be set free from ourselves, free from man, because some of us care too much about what other people think. We care too much about how the choices that we make are going to affect the lives of others. Especially sometimes when it comes to people that are closest to us. But if you are obeying what God is telling you to do, don't we know that he has already taken care of that? He'll take care of it. Free from yourselves, free from man, Free from fear because that can grip you and cause you not to move at all because we're afraid and free from control. Sometimes we feel like we must control everything. We have to be in control of what's next, of what so-and-so is doing, of what they're not doing. Free from control. The liberty and the freedom that Christ died to set us free from is that. One more scripture. Let's go to Galatians chapter 4 and verse 8. 
Thank you, Lord. God is good. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Galatians chapter 4 and verse 8. But then, indeed, when you did not know God, you serve those which by nature are not gods. But now, after you have known God, or rather are known by God, hallelujah, known by God, how is it that you turn again to the weak and beggarly elements to which you desire again to be in bondage? And to that today, we are saying no. We are saying no. It goes on to talk about the various things that they observe, the rituals and relig religiosities, things that they do in order to allow themselves to be subjected to that bondage. But today, we are saying no to that. And you know, when we get it, when we get it, God is going to use us to help somebody else find the road to freedom. Because we're going to unashamedly uh, share our story. Unashamedly share our story. You know, I think in the African-American community, and I don't know if this is in every household, but lots of families say, don't talk about what goes on in this house. What goes on in this house is our business. Okay? So we've been taught not to share our story. But God has set us free and liberated us to share our story. Because there are so many in bondage to not just that era of not talking about it. At home, whatever goes on at home, not, you, they weren't the only ones having that experience. There's so many people that we cross the paths of that are smiling in your face, but are breaking on the inside. And they may not tell you. But for us to have the freedom to share our story and how God has delivered us from that bondage and how he has set us free almost gives them permission to allow God to do the same for them. So that is the liberty and the freedom that God has called us to today. That God is calling us to say yes to. And that bondage that we are unequivocally saying no to today. Absolutely none. Not allowing ourselves to be entangled again or engaged again. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for loving us, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you for your word, Lord. It's not long, but it's straight to the point. And I think straight to the heart of the matter of where God is dealing with us today. And I just love him so much for it. I love him so much. Father, thank you. Thank you, Lord God, for your mercy and your grace. 
Thank you, Lord God, for loving us so much that you would continue to pour into us to expand and expound your truth in our hearts. That our spirits will continually, Lord God, be receptive, Lord God, to your voice, to your instruction. Father God, that we are yielded to your word. That you continue to lead us and guide us and take us on this journey. That us through your love, a path is being forged for others to follow in. We thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for changing us. Thank you for molding us, transforming us, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for the freedom and the liberty that you've provided for us that we might serve you with everything. With everything, Lord. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Let's stand to our feet, church.